Last week, the World Health Organization officially classified coronavirus, known as COVID-19, as a pandemic. As the virus continues to spread both here in the U.S. and worldwide, you're likely wondering how to manage the situation in your workplace. Today is Tuesday, March 17th. We'll talk about how employers can respond to COVID-19. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. I'm Jim Duffy, and I'm a vice president in ADP's Small Business Services Division. You work incredibly hard to support your employees and make your business thrive. COVID-19 poses serious challenges to all of us. We're clearly in uncharted waters. As business owners and managers of people, we appreciate all you are doing not only to run your business, but to help keep your employees safe. Joining me today is Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel for ADP's Small Business Services. Merrill, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Jim. Merrill, typically we have our conversations in person, but in light of the COVID-19 situation, we're taking steps to help ensure our associates stay healthy and safe, while at the same time, we're all working to provide uninterrupted service to our clients. That's right. So where possible, we're all working remotely in an effort to help limit the spread of the virus. And we hope that you and your loved ones, wherever you are, are safe and well. Definitely, Merrill. I echo that sentiment completely. So let's get started. We're all dealing with the impact of COVID-19, and we've received a number of questions about the virus and its impact in the workplace. I think it goes without saying that people across the U.S. have concerns. So how can employers help temper the fears and reduce the risk of spreading COVID-19 in the workplace? Well, I think the best thing employers can do is to communicate measures that their company is taking to protect their employees and also to suggest ways employees can help reduce the possibility of exposure. What should employers be saying and what should they be doing to help reduce the risk of exposure? Well, first and most importantly, I think, is to abide by all directives that are being issued by the state, by local governments and agencies, and by public health authorities to work from home. And even if it's not mandatory, we're seeing that many companies are directing that their employees work from home unless it's essential that they enter the workplace. So if you do need to be at work, limit or prohibit visitors to the workplace, practice social distancing, which means staying at least six feet away from each other, and encourage your employees to avoid gathering in break rooms or in larger groups. And while productivity is a common concern that we're hearing many employers are facing, we are realizing that in this time of coronavirus, it's really making us rethink how we work. So if you can, set yourself up for success and consider tools for virtual collaboration, have things like video conferencing in place, and use online messaging systems to help keep your employees in contact with one another. All right. Given the elevated risks in numerous countries, can employers ask employees about where they have traveled or where they intend to travel? Yes. Absent a claim that an employee has a recognized privacy interest in their travel activities, you can go ahead and ask about their travel plans and try to take steps to reduce workplace exposure. If an employee or a member of their household has traveled to a designated WHO or CDC-affected region, you can bar them from entering the workplace, even if they're asymptomatic. Just make sure that you're treating employees consistently based on their travel activities. So, Merrill, if an employee is showing symptoms of COVID-19, can employers ask them to go home? Yes, absolutely. If an employee is showing symptoms consistent with COVID-19, and these typically include a fever, a cough, shortness of breath, then you should ask them to go home and direct them to seek medical attention. 
So what if an employee is asymptomatic, meaning they're showing no symptoms, but they recently traveled to an area currently impacted by the virus? Can employers require those employees to self-quarantine? Yes, employers have been asking workers who are returning from any country on the CDC's restricted travel list to self-quarantine for 14 days and to work from home if they're able. So one more question here about what employers can do. Can an employer require employees who have been asked to remain home due to COVID-19 to provide a note from a health care provider that they're able to return to work? So if the employer is not asking for specific medical information, then they can generally ask for a note confirming that the employee can return to work. However, as a practical matter, what we're seeing now, public health officials have warned that healthcare professionals may be too busy to provide any sort of fitness for duty documentation. So employers should be thinking about other ways to get that type of documentation, whether it's in the form of a stamp or a form or perhaps even email from a local clinic to certify that the employee is okay to return to work. All right. What about employers? Uh, They're also wondering whether they can require employees to notify them if they've come in contact with someone who has COVID-19. Is this actually even allowed? Absolutely. Employees who are in close contact with someone with COVID-19 should notify their employer. Also, people who are in close contact with someone with COVID-19 and develop symptoms have to call their health care provider as well. And at a minimum, they're going to need to self-quarantine and they should be advising their employer of that as well. So, Merrill, it seems right now the best thing we can do is to help prevent exposure. So how can employers best encourage their employees to stay home when they're feeling sick? Well, some employees may feel the need to come into work when they're feeling sick in order to get paid. So now's the time where you as the employer may want to start reviewing and revising your sick policies and your procedures to offer more flexibility if you're able. You should remind your employees of your company's leave programs, whether they're paid or unpaid. And you may want to, if you can, offer additional time and or extended pay for employees who are impacted by COVID-19. Also, make sure you're checking your state and your local laws as well. Last week, Colorado passed an emergency rule requiring employers in certain industries to provide leave for employees who are undergoing COVID-19 testing. And also California and a number of other states just clarified that employees can use accrued paid sick leave that's available to them under their state law for absences related to the coronavirus. Also, many of you may have heard that the House passed the Emergency Families First Coronavirus Response Act on March 14th, and this bill is intended to provide relief to employers and employees impacted by COVID-19 by providing additional leave and other benefits. So the bill is still pending, and there may be changes before it becomes law and takes effect, but it is something that employers should be monitoring closely to see how it's going to impact their businesses. Great, Meryl, thank you. You know, so far, we have been talking a lot about minimizing and limiting exposure. But what happens? What what should an employer do if it comes to their attention that an employee actually has COVID-19? If an employee is confirmed to have COVID-19, employers should inform other employees of their possible exposure. But also, employers should maintain confidentiality. That means don't reveal who has the illness. Also, employers should immediately contact their local health officials for further guidance. As a precautionary measure, you should also ask employees who work closely with that employee to self-quarantine for 14 days to better ensure that the infection doesn't spread. 
And it probably is a good idea to ask a cleaning company to come in and do a deep cleaning of your workspace as well. Merrill, schools have been closing across the country in light of this situation. So what happens if an employee needs time off as a result of a school closure? Well, among the states and local jurisdictions that require employers to provide paid sick leave, many of these laws cover absences that relate to school closures that are ordered by health officials. So first and foremost, check your state and your local laws for details. And then absent a specific requirement, you may want to consider offering paid or unpaid leave to these employees. And under the Emergency Families First Act, it is proposed that eligible employees may use emergency leave to care for a child if that child's school or place of care has been closed or the child care provider is unable to help with the child because of the coronavirus. Yeah, Meryl, what if a business is forced to close? Are employers required to pay their employees? Well, it depends. Non-exempt employees, which are those entitled to minimum wage and overtime, are paid only for hours worked. So if they miss an entire day's work because the company is closed and they weren't required to report to work, employers generally don't have to pay them unless they promise to otherwise. And we are seeing now some employers offering to pay otherwise. You can also give employees the option of using accrued pay time off for the time that they missed. Exempt employees, however, need to be paid their full salary in any work week in which they perform work, regardless of the number of hours that they're working. So if your company closes for less than a full work week due to the virus, these employees should be paid their full salary as long as they're working any part of that work week. This is clearly an evolving situation for all of us. And with many state and local mandates for restaurants, bars, and other businesses to close, would employees be entitled to unemployment benefits? The DOL recently provided guidance that federal law allows states to pay unemployment benefits to employees who are prevented from coming to work because their employer had to temporarily close due to COVID-19. But you should check your state law for additional guidance that may apply to your business. Right. So given these unusual circumstances, is there any support available to help small businesses overcome temporary losses of revenue or sales they may be experiencing? Yes, there is. So the U.S. Small Business Administration is offering certain states and territories low-interest disaster loans in response to coronavirus. These loans may be used to pay for fixed debts, payroll, accounts payable, and other bills that can't be paid because of the impact of COVID-19. Excellent. So what about insurance, Merrill? Is there anything our listeners should know about coverage of costs, say, associated with testing or medicines or care associated with COVID-19? Well, insurance coverage is going to vary from carrier to carrier and from policy to policy. So it's best to first check in with your carrier or with your agent. But that said, I've seen a number of carriers and pharmacies provide different kinds of relief. Some carriers are waiving co-pays and deductibles for diagnostic lab tests related to COVID-19. Also, some maintenance medication prescriptions are being extended. So if you normally were to get a 30-day supply of a medication, you might be able to extend that prescription for a 90-day supply to help maintain social distancing. Also, many carriers and pharmacies have extended hotlines and additional resources for their customers. And dealing with the pandemic and all the related stresses that come with it can create anxiety. So I'm seeing providers also offering resources that employees may be able to take advantage of as well, and those can be helpful. Very good. Would COVID-19-related absences from work or, say, time spent in a hospital for treatment be covered by workers' compensation insurance? Well, the employee would have to be able to show that they got the virus from work, and that might be hard to do. 
However, your health insurance might cover these types of costs, so it's really best to check in with your carrier and or your agent. All right. Uh, You've provided some great ideas and information for us, Meryl. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to be thinking about now? I think practically speaking, it's just really important to practice good hygiene. If you are required to keep your workplace open, make sure that you can provide tissues, no-touch trash cans, hand soap and sanitizer, and disposable towels throughout the workspace. Also, make sure that you're routinely cleaning all frequently touched surfaces like your workstations, your countertops, and your doorknobs using cleaning spray or wipes. And then importantly, remind your employees that they need to be washing their hands often with soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds. Avoid touching their eyes, their nose, their mouth, covering their coughs and their sneezes with a tissue or use the inside of their elbow. And importantly, stay home if you're feeling sick. Also, continue to do everything you can to limit exposure to the coronavirus. Um, And really important to closely monitor guidance from public health officials and make sure that you're developing and updating your sick leave and your remote work policies as you can in order to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Thank you, Meryl. That's all great advice. And for our listeners, for more information to help you prepare and respond to COVID-19, visit your State Department of Health website, as well as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration, and the World Health Organization websites. Also, keep in mind other government websites, including the Internal Revenue Service and the Small Business Administration. I want to thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. For the latest episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks again for joining us. Stay healthy and be well.